All right, time's ticking, so we're on. All right. So, another episode of what we saw last night. Julia's here, Pat's here, and obviously I'm here because I'm talking. All the usual people yeah. that are on this podcast. Yes, everybody's here. Everybody's present. We did there's roll call. No, there's nothing abnormal about this at all. It's just a regular episode. Yeah, but I got a good I don't know why you... It sounds like you're trying to build up to say something irregular, though. No, no, we're not. No, we're, I just We're letting to... people know that it's just a regular episode. Yeah, I just wanted to introduce Julia and you, man. Just the normal okay. people. There's nothing else happening. But I do have a good boogeyman story. So we we went and captured two movies this week, which as professionals, I mean, what do you expect, you know? We went and saw The Boogeyman, which surprisingly really good for PG-13 horror. And we went to go see Spider-Verse, which surprisingly we're not surprised that it was really good because we knew it would be really good. I don't know, Pat, you got some facts about Boogeyman you want to... Yeah, there, there's a lot to say about Boogeyman. This movie has been through a wild ride, and look at it here, shining in all its glory. I mean, the backstory behind it was they've been trying to make this movie out for, like... I think it, it was originally scripted, and they, they were starting to put pieces together in, like, 2017, 2018. 2019 comes around... And things got weird and Disney killed it. I'm confused. Why did Disney buy the rights to this? What do you mean? No, they bought Fox. Yeah. Disney bought Fox and instantly killed it. They were like, this is a terrible idea. We should, this is not going to work. They were like, okay, that's fair. Then uh, the the two producers just kept like, no, no, we got to, we got to do something with this. They, they got Rob Savage on board. They somehow convinced Fox to convince Disney to greenlight it. It gets greenlit. Pandemic happens. Rob Savage does the movie Host. Because he was saying, like, it was about the time he was, like, finishing up Host. They they got him this role. They It took so long to um, sort out. He did the movie Dash Cam in between. They, they were originally slated to release it. For Hulu streaming, because you can't put it on Disney Plus, you know Disney had a very strong like no, we absolutely will not put Boogeyman on Disney Plus. And then they, you know, it's a Stephen King novel, so they they convinced him to view the movie, and he had like some director's notes and like editor or something like producer notes, like minor things, and he was like, "This is your thing," but he he did give some pointers along the way. They rented out his favorite movie theater in Maine. He goes, he loves it. He goes like crazy over it. They said that like he instantly went to the, because Rob Savage was um, working. I think he was doing dash cam at this time or like he was doing something for another movie. So he wasn't in this, is in this theater. Um, it was just the producers and the producers were like, Stephen King is like losing his mind over here. He kept saying like, this has to be fucking in theaters. Like, you got to put this movie in theaters. And on that recommendation, they were able to start doing larger audience testing. You know, that's why we were able to see this movie in theaters and not have it just go 
washed aside in, um, on streaming services. I think that is like a fascinating story. Stephen King, you got like the big dog involved. He's, he throws his weight around. You know, this movie sh- probably shouldn't have been made. You know, it gets made. Now you've got... Um, the, the one difference is in the movie, there is a moon ball, like a glow-in-the-dark moon. Originally, it was supposed to be a lightsaber. The little girl was supposed to be walking around with her lightsaber. That was supposed to be a uh, her like defense mechanism. The girl had a um, NDA because she's Princess Leia, and they were keeping that under wraps. Basically, they had to break the NDA to tell the staff, like, hey, you can't have this lightsaber. We're not Disney's not allowing you to have um, Princess Leia walk around with a shitty lightsaber. So they made them find a new toy, that toy being the moon ball, which I think attributed to one of the scarier scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I think it played out so much better. I obviously yeah. didn't see it with the lightsaber, but I just can't imagine how the lightsaber would work. Right. It, you well, The thing is, it would have been a lot of her walking around and they said like poking things. And yeah. like... And the, the the ball rolling down the hall is so much scarier. And I think it makes a lot more sense because, like, I and I've seen that moon ball before. It's a pretty common toy. Yeah. I just feel like that's a better choice in general because it's it's almost less distracting because, like, a lightsaber is like, oh, yeah, she must like Star Wars. And it's, like, it's a whole thing and it's... It kind of takes away from what it is. And also, I feel like if you're keeping a lightsaber in bed with you, would you keep it turned on all night? Probably not. No, absolutely not. If I had a lightsaber, probably, yeah. It, well, that's so, the thing. It would, it would like, it, the batteries would die out and stuff. Like, no, right. the moon ball, you know. Yeah, the ball is essentially marketed. It's a lamp. It's a lamp or it's a nightlight. It's meant to stay on. So we get that imagery of her of it with her in the bed and her room's completely lit up. It just makes more sense. A lightsaber, you would have to turn it off because of the batteries and then it's not serving its purpose as a nightlight, which is what it is. Like the whole entire point of whatever you're going to make the object be, it has to be something that stays on. I, I agree. I don't I don't I don't think a lightsaber would have been I mean, as much as I love Star Wars, I think the lightsaber would have just been stupid. To yeah. be honest, and I totally get like I I didn't I I did you know I I watched um Obi Wan the, the show, but I didn't make that correlation of her being Princess Leia. But I could totally see. I genuinely you, did not realize until I read the notes for this episode because I knew I was like, oh, this kid's in everything. Like she's, I was like. They're just reusing this actress that's been in a bunch of stuff. I can't think of what, but I know I saw her in something. I told she's Pat. I said Megan, and I was like, I don't think so. And I, thought like, yeah. the, I thought that was the. I thought that was the girl in Megan. No, she looks similar, but that girl's a little bit older. And and I'm also it's a robot. No, 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 not Megan. The girl that uh, Megan's friend. All right. Yeah, right. but I don't. Oh, I don't the human girl. The human girl. Yes. Yeah, she was in Separation. I'm, um, I'm, no, I think she's literally just in Obi Wan. No, we're not talking about her. We're talking about oh, the human the girl. girl. Oh, yeah, but yeah, the ball, great choice. Lightsaber. Right, no, Lightsaber wouldn't have made sense. No, I agree with Pat, but I don't agree with the scene he chose. Pat said it, 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 
was part of the scariest scene of the movie. I agree, but not that scene. One, I said one of the scariest. Oh, well, either way, the ball rolling under the bed was probably the scariest scene of the movie. Okay. I don't know what yeah. the scariest was, but I feel like in general, physically, you can't do as much with the lightsaber because they do roll, but I don't know how... It wouldn't have worked. They roll in Star Wars, but I don't know how... Like, if you have a toy lightsaber, I don't think you can get it to roll across the floor. It would roll consistently, um, and it would hit a wall. You can't roll it. You can't throw it. Literally, the only thing you can do is hold it. And I feel like the whole point is that eventually they would have to whack something with it. Because, you know, you're holding a lightsaber, you see a monster, you're going to hit it, and it's not going to do anything. It's going to break. Yeah. So I feel like that's pretty ineffective. Yeah. So producers, if you're listening, the moon ball was a great choice. The best choice you could have had. This is literally like the only good idea Disney has ever had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they they were not thinking. And also like credit. No, the producers said they, they had to find a new toy. So they, they went out and they, they found the moon ball. So it wasn't like Disney's like, yeah, put this moon ball in. Fuck. No, they were like, you can do anything you want. Just you can't have a lightsaber. Also, a side note, just Rob Savage was like, oh, holy shit. He's a big Star Wars fan, too. Apparently, he got like all giddy when um, they had to start spilling all the information. That's so cool. Because they were like, he was like, why can't we have the thing? And they were like, oh, um, you're not allowed to tell anyone because it's an NDA, but... Princess Leia's that little girl, and he's like, "Ooh, this is exciting." That's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's though. cool as hell. So yeah. like, good for him. While you're making a Stephen King movie, you're basically the coolest person ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. Also, this movie did get super lucky because you pretty much have to do literally whatever Stephen King says. Like, if he says it's got to be in the theater, it just has to be. I don't know how many other people have that power, but like, if Stephen King says it. You're not about to just put this on Hulu. I don't know if I would have. I, I don't know if I would have watched it if it was on Hulu. Eventually, maybe. But yeah. Well, I don't. The thing, well, is, the thing is, we don't know how it would have been marketed. Like we wouldn't have seen any ads for it. Right. So, it would have um, just. And been, I thought, yeah, go go. Oh, it it wouldn't have been like advertised because I don't think Hulu is not a platform that I think of as having like brand new releases. Whenever something like brand new comes out, it's on like Peacock Premium or like Paramount or something. Or Netflix Original. Or maybe like Amazon Prime or something. Hulu is not a platform for go to see new releases. For horror, like streaming releases, you know, you think of like, I think of Shudder, I think of Peacock, I think of, you know, pretty much everyone but Hulu. Although Hulu had Fresh last year. And Fresh did very well. So they were, they're, you know, good to, for them to start, like, dipping their toes in. I didn't really like Fresh that much, but a lot of people did. And it's them trying to dip their toes in horror. So, good. I thought about this a lot. I don't think I would have seen it right away. But I think what would have happened was someone would have saw it. And eventually it would have caught fire on internet. Like, people would be like, yo, you guys got to watch this movie. Or I not. Think, or not, Yeah. But I think like that's how I, we would have seen it eventually. Yeah, in like six months, it would have picked up speed yeah. on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And and it would have won the Chainsaw Award for streaming release. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. 
The other note was Rob Savage wants to direct the Long Oilers? Long Oilers? Lang Oilers? Lang Oilers. Yeah, all right, whatever. I didn't like it. I saw the miniseries. I watched it um, a long time ago. I don't. Is that. Is there like an airplane? Yeah. He said, Rob Savage said he could do a better job. And he talked to Stephen King about it. And they both really like the idea of what he presented. So that might be coming down the pipeline. I thought Rob Savage was Rob Zombie. No. She, uh, Rob Zombie puts his wife in everything. Yeah, in my mind, they're the same person. Just if Rob Zombie's wife isn't there, you know it's Rob Savage. That's all you need to know, really. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, like, I think like Rob Zombie's like close to retired, and Rob Savage is just getting started. So honestly, I'm 33, and I'm so fucking scared of the Boogeyman up to this day. Like the idea of the Boogeyman, like the idea of something under your bed, has always been something that scares me. Uh, I don't know why. You know, I don't look under my fucking bed. When my phone falls under my bed, I just pull my hand down as fast as I can, and I try to search. If if I can't find it, then it, like this morning, my phone fell under my bed. I didn't pick it up till about 9.30, 10 o'clock, because I was like, I need my phone to go to work. But I don't, I don't look under the bed. I have no reason to look under the bed. There's nothing under the bed for me, you know? And, and so when I was young, uh, I, you know, I, I always say how I used to get shipped off to Mexico, and and. I was at my grandparents' house, and my grandparents have this um, beautiful house where, like, it's a, it's kind of like a loft, I guess we'll call it. But uh, you you go, so I used to sleep upstairs. They had built-in upstairs. They had two bathroom, two full bathrooms, two like enormous bedrooms, and it, it's really for like family when family comes over, like the whole family would lay sleep there and stuff like that. But there's nothing. Like the window that's next to me, there's nothing but like cows and farmland. Like there's, you know, but there's nothing also, but like stories of witches, La Llorona, Chupacabras, like all these things. That's just like what's outside. Right. So there was a time when I was out there and I saw something on my window and it was kind of like, to me, I saw something on my window and it was kind of like, you know, fucking with the window, like, like pushing it kind of thing, like rattling it. So I got, you know, I got up off the bed after a while I was going to run. I was going to run downstairs. And as I, like, I put my feet down and I felt something grab my feet. And, you know, of course, you know, when I told someone, they were like, oh, yeah, it's probably just a bad dream. But, like, I felt something grab my feet. And then in the morning I had... (sighs) I don't want to say like a mark, but like you can clearly see that something was around my ankle. You guys can't see where I'm grabbing, but like something was like around this area. And really like that was like the last straw. After that, I was like, I will never, ever, unless I'm like, unless it's daytime or unless I'm about to like, I'm getting up and I'm about to walk. I don't, I, my feet stay above the bed at all times. You know, it's always been something that I keep I keep doors closed. I can't if I see a door open, I got to close it. I can't have a door open. You know, and that was kind of the point of the movie. It's like he's in your closet. He's in the dark. He's under your bed. It's like basically the dark, like that fear of the dark is something that we have always had. And we will always have, you know, that fear of the dark. So that's that's my story. 
I feel really bad that you're afraid of the boogeyman like that. Have you tried just using a flashlight? Pat, I have what? flashlights scattered all through the apartment. I have flashlights everywhere. I, I mean, I, I have a flashlight. At, at all times, I can grab a flashlight because I, I cannot do the dark. I just cannot do the dark. Like, I'm a grown man, and I cannot do the dark. Like, if I'm in the dark for too long, I get a panic attack. I start, I, I, actually, I told you guys, I was getting a panic attack. I was in the beginning stages of a panic attack watching this movie. It was freaking me out. It was, it was literally freaking me out. It was, it was giving me anxiety. I was so fucking scared because it just, that's just what I'm afraid of. Like, I was about to have a fucking panic attack over a PG-13 movie. You know what I'm saying? That's some wild stuff, man. So, do you think that the boogeyman is real? Fuck, yeah, why not? He's not, so... Do you know? Yes. Pretty much. Do you personally know this, though? How come yes. you never came to my house? I go in... I go... I'm sitting in a dark room right now, and this motherfucker's not getting me. Yeah, but maybe y'all just not scared. No, because you don't get scared till he comes. Why would I be scared if there's no boogeyman yet? There's okay, so I don't want to get too into it because eventually there's a we'll talk about how this stacks up with other boogeyman movies, but yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, as far as I care, I, I, I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out. Maybe he's not real. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know the dude personally. You know, maybe, maybe he's not well, real. You wouldn't know him personally because he's not real. Right, but maybe he is, and I don't want to meet him personally. You know what I'm saying? That's just my little thing. Like, I almost had to step out. Not because I was like, oh, no, let me cover my face. Let me cover my eyes. But, like, it was reminding me of, like, being that fucking scared as a kid. And I'm like, wow, this movie's so good. Because it's like, if something can trigger me, I'm like, you are really good. Even if it's, like, a person that triggers me, makes me get out of character, and then, like, I cuss you out. It's just, I kind of respect that because it's like, that was good, man. Because it takes a lot to get me out of character. So, like, if you can trigger me and make me cuss you the fuck out or something, or get, like, aggressive with you, I, after a while, I'm like, that's impressive. And if a movie can trigger me to basically be, like, super afraid, it's impressive. I mean, I, by no by by no chance is this movie the greatest movie I've ever seen, nor the scariest movie I've ever seen. But it triggered me, so pff, it's pretty good. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it's definitely up there with... Some of the scary movies I've seen. I did have a problem with it. It basically, it eased off. Like, it started off, and you guys can, can I mean, I'm sure you guys agree. It, it started off pretty scary. Like, it did start off scary for everyone, not just for me. But it kind of, like, eased its way down. And it didn't, it, it, it was, like, not as scary. It kind of gotten, like, it lightened up. So, you know, the ending was kind of like... I can tell why it's a PG-13 movie because of the ending, but I, I I liked it. Bravo to the boogeyman. I did think it was really good. I thought it was scary as I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is terrifying. But I honestly can't relate in the same way as like genuinely being afraid of like, I enjoy this style, uh, style of movie, like I've said before, because like, I know it's not real. So it's, it's fun and scary to watch. It's very thrilling. When I leave the theater, I don't think the boogeyman is at my house. Um, yeah, exactly. Like I, I love the the manipulation they do when like looking into the dark. They do a really good job of that. Like anytime that you're using like 
random light bulbs and and uh, and making them look like eyes or eyes like look like light bulb like in the dark like that that's great and I agree with Julia hundred percent like they they did a great job on that like certain things making the the movie just a really good watch yeah it definitely was it definitely was I I I have no. And I, no, I think like it, it. Not that it eased up towards the end, but it got more actiony. The characters had to be in position to take action. You know, anytime you have characters taking action, that's instantly less scary. Yeah, I was gonna say it was a lot less scary, kind of less effective, because some of the scariest points were when you hear like the voice from the dark. I think the the voices that it made were like the biggest part for me. I wasn't crazy about like the boogeyman visually. I didn't really care about that, but I think what's made this super scary to me was the voices. And that's why I think I was a little, I was a little bit surprised that it, when I found out. Was that good? Yeah. Like I was surprised it was PG 13. Cause I was like, wow, that was really scary. But when I thought about it, I was like, Oh, well you don't really see much. And like, the boogeyman isn't visually very scary. So I could see why, because it wasn't very violent. Um, but the sounds were like terrifying. I know we talked um, about, about it being a, about them making it more cryptid than like supernatural. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I always viewed the boogeyman as more supernatural than like a cryptid. Like I didn't, I never viewed the boogeyman as like, um, La Llorona viewed it more as like. But is she a cryptid? No. Maybe that's a bad example. Like a. Yeah, I was saying she's probably more supernatural. All right, so backtrack then. I never saw the boogeyman as like the chupacabras. I always saw it as more, I guess, than La Llorona, right? More of a of a supernatural entity, right. and they made this an actual creature, which I thought was pretty cool, because then again, that could just be me. I don't know, but. I just always assumed that the boogeyman was more of um of a fear tactic. Like it was more of it's in the dark, it's scaring you, it's more supernatural, it's more demonic, you know, that that kind of realm instead of it being like an actual creature that physically attacks you. So yeah, I like that they w- made I it. I would never think of the boogeyman as like a creature because well one, if anything you're going to assume it's a man. But I never really thought that you just people just say boogeyman mm-hmm. and what they really mean is just like it's just a personification of whatever it is that you fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Say the boogeyman, but they're not talking about a guy. They're talking about what people yeah. fear in that. I mean, like, throughout like other horror movies, you know, Michael Myers was the yeah, Michael Myers. Like technically John Wick is Baba Yaga. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so, like, you know, it's. it's the boogeyman could be anyone. It could be anyone that, that has intentions of killing you. They are the boogeyman. They they did the, the how they did the voices was really cool. They it's like fifteen different languages, and they got people like screaming in pain or trying to scream in pain in different languages, and with like different accents. And then they had them like saying things, oh, and and they like edited it together. And I thought that they did a really good job of executing that. Yeah, I thought that was really great. For some reason, it I think of like the Sixth Sense when he's like replaying back his tape recordings and like yeah, plays it backwards and hears the voices. 
the, the inspiration was from different stories they heard of like monsters that will like mimic voices. So yeah. it's a mimic. And like the more you talk, it, the um, easier it can, you know, mimic your voice, mimic your accent and what you've said. So like it uses that to lure families or, or kids. So like I thought that was really cool. We don't really need to talk about like creature design. But yeah. they, I like that they, they, they went for it. You can't like the hardest thing in horror is to show the monster. Because once you show the monster, everyone knows it's not real and it's not scary anymore. And I think that's kind of the effect this happened once like we saw the monster. Yeah. It kind of took away from I'm almost disappointed that we saw it because I feel like whenever you see a monster that makes it not the boogeyman because in my mind the boogeyman is like this unknown it thing that you're afraid of shape. i love the yeah. eyes and the voices you just do enough eyes and voices i i think you would have yeah like this I, is almost not a boogeyman movie even though that's the title it's just like it's a cryptid movie some unnamed cryptid and they just refer to it as the boogeyman a few times I would have been fine with the eyes and the voices and just the sketches that they had. Oh, yeah, that was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys stack this up with other um, Boogeyman movies? I'm not going to lie. I don't think I know any other Boogeyman movies. Um, Smile could be considered a Boogeyman movie. Don't Look Under the Bed. Um, that is a Boogeyman movie. Oh, no, Boogeyman 2005 is the Boogeyman movie. Also, no. like When Darkness Falls. Personally, the best one, the scariest one is Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, hands down. This one's probably number two for me. Don't Look Under the Bed. It was a it dumb kids movie. It was the scariest movie I saw when I was a kid. It came out probably like, it was a Disney Channel movie, and it came out probably I was like seven or eight years old, maybe nine, I don't remember. That movie, I didn't sleep for three days after watching that movie. It was the same concept, you know, don't look under the bed, don't let your feet drag, the boogeyman comes. But the concept of the movie that you find out is once you stop believing in your imaginary friend, it turns into the boogeyman. And I had an imaginary friend when I was like five, six years old. And I and then my sister and I would be like, you know, you're a little too big to be talking to yourself. So I didn't want to get laughed at, so I stopped. And then when I saw that movie, I was like, fuck, I'm about to get killed. Like, the boogeyman's about to get me, you know? The, but- the design of the boogeyman wasn't that scary. But when the, the hero, Larry Houdini, when he started to turn into the boogeyman, that was scary. The voice changing, the nails, the teeth, the the fact that, like, just in, like, an instant, it just quickly just turned. It was like, holy shit, that was scary. Obviously, if I see it now, it's it's just goofy and funny, but you also got to remember Halloween. The original Halloween is pretty boring, but if you see it in the 70s or if you see it when you're little, it's scary as shit. But you see it as an adult, like it's really fucking boring. So I wouldn't say boring. It's super slow and super boring. It's not bad. It's just super slow and super boring. That's because we're old. We know that that like we've we're numb to it. We've seen it a million times or even if we've never seen it. My cousin, my cousin, I did never saw the original Halloween and then saw it when she was like 28 or 26 and was like, this is, this was kind of boring. I like the new one more, you know? So it, it, it's that concept with me where like, if I watch don't look under the bed, I'm going to be like, 
oh, haha, nostalgia, goofy. I like this guy. He's so funny, right? But like this movie, because it's new, because it's like it's not a Disney Channel original movie. It built up that fear. You were you were able to build up that like actual fear. That was just like kid fear. But with this movie, right. you can build up like actual fear. So like I I would compare it personally. I would compare it to that because that movie, if you when it came out, you watch it as a kid. To me, it was super scary. And then you watch this movie as an adult that's geared towards teenagers and up. It does the same thing. So yeah, have you seen so, any yeah, other Boogeyman movies? I don't think so. And it's funny I feel, that... I mean, I know so you're so smart. You act, yeah, but that doesn't count for me. Like, I don't really... Okay, that's fair. ...understand like, what a boogie... Unless it's called Boogeyman, I don't consider it... So I would say Halloween... Because okay. in my mind, the boogeyman is something that's local or personal. There's no, like we said, boogeyman's not a cryptid. He's not this widespread thing. It's whatever is happening locally is your town's boogeyman. It's like, to Lori Strode, Michael Myers was her boogeyman. So uh, no, I, I so agree. I think it almost... So how would you stack this to Halloween? I feel like it's not a fair comparison. Well, no, like so enjoy, like in, in, enjoyability. Halloween's probably better, I would say. Okay. I mean, this was really good, but how do you rank anything against Halloween? Well, I guess I guess you can yeah. you, know, you can just see it as like, will this movie last time? Like, will this movie ten years from now be just as good as Halloween is ten years from? I mean, I think it'll no. be just as good. It's not going to ever be what Halloween is. Well, um, well to you though, is what I'm saying. Not like to me, no, it's not going to be what Halloween is. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, so that just doesn't make any sense. Sorry, yeah. I don't want to be like, but like you're asking, I, I don't know how to answer this. I think you answered it well. Um, I what, what I meant with like, I, I should have like worded it better, not Boogeyman movies, but like movies where there's monsters in the dark in the place where you live, where like maybe they appear in a closet. Or like the house that you live in, a a monster or supernatural entity. Because that's where I was kind of going with it. If you see it the way Julius describing Boogeyman and then talking like monsters in the dark, it that is true. I guess if you're just afraid of like if you're afraid of the dark, you're afraid of the boogeyman. You know, like mm-hmm. you're afraid that the boogeyman's gonna come out and get you. Like you don't know what the fuck that is, but you're afraid that that's gonna come and get you, whatever that is. So that makes sense. Okay. Have you guys seen Boogeyman 2005? Yes, many times. It is one of the worst movies. I don't know if I've seen it, but also it's not available to watch literally anywhere. I know. I I wanted to rewatch it to like get in the mood. It's so like I forgot. Like it is terrible. Speaking of that, that brings me to something else. I heard recently. So they're phasing out Netflix DVDs. Netflix is no longer going to offer DVDs through the mail. But someone pointed out that that's actually a really huge problem because there is a shit ton of media that that is the only way to access it. Like, I'm almost 100% positive you can get Boogeyman 2005 through Netflix DVDs, but I don't know if they're still offering it. That's crazy because I didn't know Netflix DVDs was still a thing. There's a lot of media that is going to become lost as soon as they stop offering it because there are thousands upon thousands of movies that are not streaming anywhere. 
I want, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too worried. Like I'm more worried about things based off of 35 millimeter that like have never made that transition to DVD. Cause like if it's on DVD, someone's got like, there's copies of it. If you wanted to watch Boogeyman 2005, we could go on Pirate Bay right now and download it. I probably have it on a hard drive in my room because that was like a comfort movie. It's so terrible, but like I've watched it a million times in college. I don't know. I, I, I like also the DVDs, they're not like going to destroy them. They're probably going to sell them. I don't know. I mean, so here's the thing. And I'm sure a lot of movies will be like re transitioned and put on streaming. A lot of the DVDs will get redistributed somehow, but there's a lot of like really niche media that I don't think they're going to make any effort to preserve and it will be lost. Yeah, Joe Bob did a big thing on that, uh, like uh, like one of the on one of the last drive-ins, on like the the need to preserve some media. Like they, they made a lot of good points on saying that a lot of it was by design, and I, I don't think this is the time or place to get into that. But basically, they were saying there could be a world without Cannibal Holocaust in like a few years. I don't think that's true because that's like an extremely popular, well-known movie. Like, that's something people would make an effort to preserve. Yeah. Um, I'll look at look up, like, the arguments that they made later, like, earlier. But, like, yeah, like, there are efforts to preserve, like, all meat. There are people um, preserving all sorts of media. And then there's other people who just don't care. And it will come down to, like, the individual. Like, the idea of Paramount Plus is that all of Paramount, good and bad, will eventually be on you know, these streaming services. So we'll see what happens. Do we move on to Spider-Verse? I mean, I, uh, where do you guys rank this with other Stephen King movies? Oh, good question. I think it was really solid, but I probably wouldn't rank it very high amongst other Stephen King movies. I also, it, I, I meant to read the story like all week and I just kept forgetting, so... I'm upset at myself for not doing that before this, but I say middle of the pack. I'm trying to think of like what's a bad one. A bad Stephen King movie? Oh man, give me a second. I don't know. I don't even know all the movies he has. Well, in the in the Tall Grass, I hated that. Gerald's game wasn't that good. You didn't like in the Tall Grass? It was. It was. I felt like kind of predictable. It was fun watch the first time around, but my second okay. time around, um, you know what? I'll put in the tall grass in the middle of the pack because that one actually was like kind of good. Firestarter, twenty twenty two, horrendous movie. Like, yeah, not, you know, it's not even a real movie. That is a like, pretty bad movie. Yeah. What was that, Mister Harrigan's phone? That was okay. Like, uh, the, the, like I put Boogeyman yeah, above the Morpheus. Yeah, I would say probably middle of the pack. I don't think it's bad, and I don't think it's the best. Right. Like, I think it's a really good movie, but I don't think it's close to any of, like, the better Stephen King adaptations. Anyways, transitioning into Spider-Verse, and we'll be quick because we're having some issues, but transitioning into Spider-Verse, I remember leaving the theater. First of all, I remember beginning the movie and thinking – just how beautifully animated this movie is. It They do a, a, a really great job at animating like the, the, the movie the movie itself. Like they do such a great job at it. 
the movie's fun. It was long. It was over two hours. So there was a point where I'm just like, damn, it's still going. Not in a bad way, but like, damn, this movie's still going. It, it just, it got to the point at the end where when it was finished, it was like, what a great movie. What a bad idea, though, to make it two parts because you can, and I was telling Julia this, like you have the opportunity to really ruin the movie. If the if the second, like if part two is bad, you're talking about a great beginning, a bad ending. I agree. I think they really fumbled this by making, not by making it two parts, but just by the way they did it. I'm honestly just like really tired of cliffhangers. Like I'm bored. It's it's stupid at this point. I think it would have been really amazing had you just made the movie end when Miles gets home and then have the after credit scene be them doing the little reveal. Yeah. I don't know if I want to spoil what happens. I mean, I'm sure everyone saw it. Like basically have him go home to his parents, then reveal in the after credit scene that he's that's still a cliffhanger. No, it's not. It doesn't count because it's in the after credit scene. It still would be a good standalone movie. Okay, all right. But the other thing is Marvel doesn't really do after credit scenes anymore, which I find really strange because that used to be their whole thing. And I think it's really lazy that they just put text on screen now saying so-and-so will be back because I've seen it and I've only seen like three Marvel movies in the past year and it was the after credit scene for every single one was like words on the screen and it was the same words. I find that so lazy. The after credit scenes used to actually reveal something and they just don't anymore. The the last good after credit scene was Spider-Man. Yeah. The, I really wish this one like ended yeah. as its own film and at the end like Miles kind of comes to terms with like him being home and what that means. And then they could do that huge reveal in the after credits, and then people would be like, "Whoa, part two. When when Julia and I talked about it, I I honestly envisioned it being that way because she mentioned it like you just cut it. Like we were saying, you cut it at again. If you haven't seen it by this by the time this episode's out, then I don't know what to tell you. But like if you cut it at the part where Peter Parker and Gwen meet up and are like we're gonna go save him if you were to cut it around like cut it around there and then the end credit scene is that whole that whole scene where he meets his family obviously you would condense it you would take out some parts but like where he meets his family or he runs into his uncle and he's like uncle i miss you so much and then they go and then he gets he you know he gets punched like he did and 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 the reveal of the Miles Morales in his world, like if that was the end credit scene, I would be fucking, I would have jumped out my chair. This end credit scene, I'm not jumping out of my chair. Yeah, like honestly, I was just bored. And I think it's the difference between do you want to make a sequel or do you want to make a two part movie? And this is a two part movie. And I think in general, I think a lot of us can say we're just disappointed when whenever there's a cliffhanger, you're like, oh, cool, another movie. But you're like, oh, I have to wait a year and a half. Kind of a bummer. Whereas, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think we all knew like everything comes in threes. We knew that there was going to be a third Spider-Verse, but I just feel like this was the wrong yes. way to present it. Yeah, they confirmed it before. Yeah, 
like I know we all know what's coming. I just feel like this was the wrong way to present it. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, that's fair. Like I don't know. Like for me, like I thought it was a very good movie. I thought I it was loved really it. I thought it was a great movie. Just a lot of fun. I'm not letting like the end ruin the ride. Oh, we're not saying it ruined it. We're just saying that would have made it way more better. Yeah, I think it. I just think it ruins the hype for the third movie because now everybody is talking about it now. By the time it comes out, nobody's going to be talking about it. Whereas if you didn't announce it at the end, and you know, like if they just didn't do that in this movie, like. Everyone would know there's going to be a third one, but you wouldn't know when. You wouldn't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then months down the line, when you would officially announce the release date of whatever it is, I don't Beyond remember. The Spider Verse. Yeah, whatever it's called. Then people will be like, "Oh yeah, it's finally coming." And I feel like by the time that happens, it's going to be old news. Like no one's going to care. They they had such a long gap between one and two. So I'm I am like a okay with this because like I it felt like they we needed another Spider Verse movie. I think they delivered tenfold. The first one still is an absolute amazing movie. They're just so it was so much fun. The like, first one just really a fun movie to watch. So the first one is still better than the second one because the first one's complete to me. Because I don't know what the ending is going to be in this one. The ending could be bad. Well, no, you know the ending. We saw it. Then that's the ending of the third movie. Right, but I'm saying we don't really know the ending of the third movie. Yeah, it's kind of like the first one can exist on its own. You never have to watch another Spider-Man movie, period. Whereas this one, you can never, ever watch it without watching part three after. Like when you revisit it years later, you're going to have to watch two and three. Personally, I think most of the time a sequel should be able to stand on its own legs and shouldn't rely that much on like other things in the series. But again, I did think it was a great movie. I think it wasn't as good as the first one. Just as you've never heard it say anything good about it. <laughs> it was great. It was an amazing movie. It just wasn't as good as the first one for like multiple reasons. And that's just... The story wasn't as good. I feel like the soundtrack wasn't as good. That was something really big in the first movie. Nothing in this soundtrack stood out to me. I didn't care for like any song in the movie. I am happy to see all of the Spider-Man, Spider-Men, Spider-People. I'm, I'm not sure how to feel. I'm kind of on the fence about them incorporating so much live action into this one. Because that's another thing that kind of takes it out of... It, it makes it so different from the first movie. But I guess they were showing you different... It's still under the different Spider-Man realm. I just hate that it's blending into the MCU. Like, we already got our Spider-Man crossover. We got the live-action Spider-Man crossover. They were all there. I understand that this is... You know, across the Spider-Verse, it's going to include all the Spider-Mans, but I'm not sure how I feel about, like, Tobey Maguire being in this movie. Like, was that necessary? Did we have to see clips of Tom Holland? Like, I'm yes. not really sure. Because in my mind, this has always been... I don't know. I thought that, that it was fun. I guess, I guess I say that because I hate most Marvel movies. I didn't care for most of the live-action Spider-Mans. 
So when I first saw like Into the Spider-Verse, I really loved it. And to me, it was something completely separate and its own thing, completely separate and detached from the MCU, where this is like, I feel like when part three comes out, like Doctor Strange is just going to show up and like Captain America and Iron Man. Well, they're not, but I get what you're saying. But Why not? Why not? Because they keep adding more and more of that. Well, they didn't add them. They just showed a clip. Yeah, but like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying- I think they did a good job of keeping the core like- I, I I get what you're saying though. I, I I do get what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm not saying it was completely a bad thing. It's just it makes me nervous. I, I guess I guess if I wanted to agree with you, I would say there was no need to emphasize the other Spider-Mans as much because they they did have the scenes with Andrew Garfield who hates Mondays. They did have the scene with Tobey Maguire. They did have the scene with Tom Holland. But then you also throw in Donald Glover. That was a great Like, I, I loved it, but, like, I guess I can see what you're saying. Like, there was, there's no need to be like, hey, the MCU exists. Like, you could have added, like, I think if you would have just added Donald Glover, that would have been great. Right. Or just pick, like, any one of those little things by themselves. I know I'm super biased because I don't like the MCU, and to me it, like, I'll fully admit I'm biased because it's annoying how everything's connected. So when I saw part one into the Spider-Verse, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Something I can actually enjoy and it's not all this MCU nonsense that I don't care about. And they kind of took, and I'm not saying it's completely ruined again, I'm not saying. It just makes me a little nervous. That's all I'm saying. Going forward, yeah, I'm like, like, they're barely, like I, I highly doubt they're bringing in like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield for part three. If they do, they, they shouldn't. They, like that would make almost it, it would make almost no sense. Yeah, I, I would I would be upset if they brought them in to. Well, I don't. So I don't think that they're going to bring in it, much more in the third part, yeah. but they're. I feel like they have to do at least as much, if that makes sense. Well, I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to even touch any of that anymore. I mean, that's done. I think that was just a clip to have people say, "Oh my god, oh my god." Yeah, but t- to me, that's even more stupid. I feel like now you have to touch on it in the third one. No, I think you just. Well, probably... I feel like so. I feel like bare minimum, no. you have to add, even if it has nothing to do with them, you have to have like a live action segment, like clip in the background somewhere. No, because I think they they finished that right. part of of like I, jumping into different worlds. I guess I'm just saying like part of it is also the aspect that they they put live action clips into a fully animated movie. It's a little bit jarring, and then to only have that in one film in the trilogy is like even more jarring. Yeah, but I think the concept of it, I think the the whole idea of it is. That you're jumping into, I, I I also agree with the whole like just stop with like multiverse stuff, you know. But um, the the whole concept of it is that you are I mean, you can't we are in it now. Like like you're jumping into a different world, and when they jumped into the Venom world, right? I thought that was pretty cool because it's it you are going into these different worlds. Like they jumped right. into Lego world, they jumped into Yeah, so I'm just saying like obviously in the third one there's Oh, that was hilarious. There's going to be something that happens in the third you're going to see like other universes. I think at least one of them has to be live action. 
Okay, I can see a scenario where I can see a scenario where they're fighting him and somehow he sends up but I don't know because they're not really fighting him now. They're fighting each other. So I don't know. I don't know. It's like they're all. But well, the yeah. theme of the movie, the the multiverse aspect is going to come into it at some point. Like you're going to universe jump. You have to. In these movies, you have to jump universes. Like you're going to see characters. Yeah. From other well, places. they got to meet up with. They have to go to World Forty Two. Like right. They so have there, to there's, there's going to be way more jumping around. I think. Yeah. It just has I, to be. But I think like the plot. And of that's the, okay. Yeah, and that's fine if you're still jumping around. I, th- I think the plot of the, the plot of the third movie, is gonna be Spider Man versus Spider Man. It's gonna be how can they put aside their differences to be be superheroes, and how can they save the one world that's already crumbling because of a mistake they made. Like those are the three problems from this movie that weren't solved so i i I don't know why you would incorporate anything more than the animated spider-mans because that's already enough i mean you you have all of the yeah or i just think even if you don't do live action like i maybe more lego segments something to just Again, the live action in a movie that's 100% animated almost is extremely jarring. And then to just do that and never do it again is worse, I feel. It- I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, like, it's a trope. It feels like a trope, like a joke. And I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I saw that as like a joke also. Like when he, when he. Right, but it's almost like. Yeah, because like they, because there was so much. It's like too big of a joke that like you can't just drop it in there. It's like I mean, it's not discreet. Yeah, you it's can. not in my opinion. I just don't think it. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't work at all. I think they brought, they did a Donald Glover community joke. Yeah, I just they, they that's a joke from like what 10 12 years ago. They they're they're just having fun. I think that and it clearly showed like on screen how much fun the animators and the like the people working on this were having going out, out you know they were like going all over the place overwhelming you overstimulating you and i think that's great i think they need to stop having so much fun and get back to work is what i think <laughs> i'm just afraid the ending half of this story is going to be bad is what i'm afraid of do you want an extremely hot take Throw it at me. Um, Donald Glover's segment should not have been in there. It was too much. It was over the top. Well, it's a hot take because yeah, hot but take. no, yeah. most people didn't even understand it. But the thing is, in the Tom Holland movie, in I think it was, uh, it might have been the first one, Homecoming, when he's trying to. Yeah, it was Homecoming when he's trying to figure out uh, Vulture's whereabouts. He runs into that character. So the the whole point of it yeah. is that everybody assumed that that's who he was going to be in that in that world that he was going to be the prowler and it turned out that I guess the joke or the whatever turned out to be that oh yeah the fans were right the fans wanted him to be they thought it was him they wanted him to be and they kept saying my 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 nephew meaning Miles Morales so it's 
it I guess it was just that. Like it just was like we're gonna touch up which I don't think you needed to, but like I'm gonna touch up on what MCU. Is- if you could get Donald Glover, you get him. True. Um, I agree. He's been dressing up like Spider-Man for like... I'm just playing devil's advocate. For, no, and I, like, I, agree, I agree with the live action. One, the internet, Donald Glover and, and, and community have been doing this like bit with Spider-Man for like 12 years. So like when the MCU recognizes it, it's like we all... Yeah, I, I get it. I do. I'm really just playing devil's advocate. I know that you have to, and I love Donald Glover, and I know that you had to have him in there, but the more and more that you try to explain to me why he's there, it just is more and more stupid to me. I agree with not needing to add the MCU into this. I will say that. Or, like, you can add it, like, that reveal that you're talking about, you didn't have to show him for that. There was no point to it. Hot take. Yeah, that's just... Yeah. I feel like I'm very combative when it comes to Marvel movies, and all I do is complain. You guys, you guys just don't like to have fun. Who's I, you? Guys? I really don't. Like, like when we were in the movies, the guy next to us was having the time of his life, and I'm like, man, he's just having fun, and like, I was like, I'm so happy for him. I had a blast. He was laughing at everything, know. just enjoying life. I don't know, man. It's like you've been like hating it on this whole time. I I haven't said anything bad about it. <laughs> I thought the movie was. I'm just. I said I'm just afraid that. It, I thought the only reason I don't think this movie was better than the first one is because the first one is a complete story. Like the ending wasn't bad, the beginning wasn't bad, the middle wasn't bad. This one, the beginning, the middle, and the ending to me wasn't bad, but that ending isn't the ending of the story. So I'm just afraid that. Because this is always what we get. I'm just afraid that part two, it, I'll put it like this. Uh, Infinity War was really good, right? And it was interesting and blah, 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 right? But then when Endgame came, everyone had like so many reasons and so many different, not reasons, um, ideas on how they I mean it went on for like two years everyone's saying like how they're going to beat Thanos and then you watch Endgame and you're like this was kind of like just average you know like it wasn't as spectacular as like Infinity War was so even like the ending when everybody fights everybody that's just cheesy that's just like goofy cheesy so I, I guess the whole story of that, like that whole story of Thanos started good and it didn't end as good as it started. And I'm just afraid that because you're breaking this up into two parts, that maybe you gave us your best work in the beginning. And like the ending being the second movie may not be as good. I'm not saying that it won't be. I'm saying I'm afraid that it may not be. But I thought this movie was great. I mean, I had no, like, I didn't even have to think. It was five stars for me. Here, I didn't have to think. Here's the thing. By the time that this po- episode comes out, there will be 600 other podcasts already posted raving about this movie, saying how amazing it was, saying the animation was beautiful, 
So, like, I don't really care to sit here and say, like, the animation was good because it was good. But, like, what's the point? Like, we know it was good. Like, I, I want to get into, crazy, like, though. that's fair, but, but like, like, why? It's just, we're, we're, we're all used to, what like, most people only watch Disney animation movies. And those people suck because Disney is terrible at animation. They used to be the number one animation in the world. They are trend centers in animation. And now every single one of their movies looks the same and it's very boring. Um, so good for, you know, make, you know, good for Spider-Verse looking a little different. But really, like, we saw this exact style in Bob's Burgers a few years ago when they did the um, fan-drawn episode. This is also uh, Sony, not not Disney. Like this had- Well, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Good for Disney. Like, I mean, sorry, good for Sony, you know, not following suit. And animating things a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, slightly different, like, because, yeah, good for Sony. Yeah, I don't want to over-criticize this movie, but I just feel like the only things that I have different to say are those criticisms. Like, I can sit here and say, I thought it was good. The animation was good. The voice acting was good. I feel like you're attacking me. No, I don't want to do that either, <laughs> but I, I feel like... Why waste time saying all that? Like, we, we know, like, I'm just going to describe what I, like, my different point of view, what I think I thought differently, I'm rather than repeat what I assume we're all thinking. The live They're action gonna, part, They need to I, do more stop motion. Stop motion Spider-Man? I 100% agree. Not even joking. Yeah, it's going, no, yeah, it's going to happen. I imagine since, you know, it probably is, going to take them an entire year to do it that for like the 10 seconds it will be on screen next year that you know it's in the works already but i i fully expect to stop motion spider-man and like a scooby-doo animated style style spider-man do you have any other animation styles that you want them to hit oh the they're hitting them like they're trying to hit them all Simpsons. Oh no! I'm trying to think of like <laughs> no. The really Simpsons fun. would be great, but I, 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 when I think oh, of that, man, I think the Simpsons would be so funny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's the Simpsons then. I think I would like to see like this animation kind of is realistic, but I would almost like to see like a different hyper realistic style of animation side by side with it. Uh, okay. Like a like a scanner darkly. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, you might as well, because, like, I mean... Oh, no, no, I, I was going to say, so how do you guys feel about the fact that they're making a live-action Miles Morales movie? Basically, they're taking the Spider-Verse... I so, I think the MCU is what it I is. I don't really care. So, do you guys hate the idea, or do you guys don't care for the idea? I just don't care because, like, it's not going to be for me. Like, I'm, I'm not going to like it or watch it regardless. The representation on screen will go a long way seeing it in live action. So, like, whether or not I like it or hate it, I think that's cool in and of itself. So, like, yeah, as much as I would want it to keep it just animated, you know, a bunch of kids are going to lose their shit over, over it. And I think that's cool, so... Yeah, that is, that's really fair. Like, I will like to see that. And I feel like it, basically, when you, when you do that, when you bring it into the live action side, I don't think it messes up Spider-Verse. 
Um, right? Yeah. Like the two will live in, in, in yeah. coexist in in their own worlds. Because MCU already does that kind of thing. It bothers me if you bring too much MCU into the Spider-Verse, but it doesn't bother me vice versa because the MCU already is what it is, basically. I'm going to watch it regardless because I love Spider-Man. I'll sell my soul. You know, I don't care how mainstream it gets. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I love Spider-Man, so I'm just being biased. I don't care for many superheroes in general. Uh, I think a lot of them were just goofy. Like, Superman's probably the worst superhero in the world. Like, it's just stupid, you know? Batman's cool because he solves crimes. Uh, all the other super, you know, it's whatever. I don't really give a shit about him. But, like, Spider-Man has always been my boy, you know? And I don't care if... I don't care if they made the worst live-action representation. I don't care if they had a white kid play Miles Morales. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to watch it because it's Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just that biased. I don't give a crap nor a shit if it's, like, an all-white cast or, like, Miles Morales is, like, this, like, fucking weird kid. Like, I don't care. You know, I don't care if it was, like... If he was played by, like, Michael Sarah. Yeah, I I don't care if, like, Jonah Hill plays Miles Morales. You know, I don't care. I'll watch the movie. I'll laugh and be like, why the fuck would you allow this? But I would watch it because it's Spider-Man. That's Interesting. My, that's my hot take is I don't care who plays Miles Morales in the live action. I'll watch it. Who do you think will play him? Probably the voice actor. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure does make sense. There's also... He deserves it. He deserves that role and he deserves the money. I feel like you'd have to recast a lot of the rest of the cast, but you could keep him. That's okay. I do foresee them casting someone, though, like you could, not a white person, but like someone very light. So who who would be one of the worst casting choices for that then? Like Michael Sarah? Matt Damon. No, like someone, I feel like they do, the, like remember- Russell Crowe. The live action Lilo and Stitch casting. Oh yeah. Instead of casting a native Hawaiian woman, they cast a Hawaiian native woman, which is not the same thing. And they tried to argue, but she's Hawaiian, but she's not native Hawaiian. She just is a Hawaiian native the same way that I am a Well same way I'm a well same way I'm a Mexican native. Well, no, you're not. Oh. No, it would be the same way. The same way Julia is a New Jersey native. Yeah, like I'm a New Jersey native. So she like is from Hawaii, but she's not like a native Hawaiian, which is like a race. She's like mostly white and lives in Hawaii. Yeah. And then Disney was like, look, we did it. And we're like, no, you didn't. We cast a Hawaiian. That's how Her grandparents are from Oregon. That's how it's going to be with Miles Morales. Yeah, so like I could imagine that they'd be like, he's black though. And it's like, he's about 10 shades lighter. Mm. I would watch it. I don't care. I don't care if you cast it Pat in that role. I would I would be there opening day. Well, if it was Pat, I'd be there because I'd be like, that's some goofy ass shit. But I don't care if you cast. I would, yeah, I would, I would probably reject it. 
I don't care if you cast a 40-year-old man that looks like a 40-year-old man to play a 15-year-old Spider-Man. I don't care. I'm going to watch it because it's Spider-Man. I mean, ideally, you cast someone who's also Puerto Rican because he is. Yeah. I only care if Lin-Manuel Miranda's in that movie. I won't watch it. If he's in that movie or if he writes... No, he's going to write a rap in Yeah, if movie. he writes a fucking rap in that movie, I won't watch it. I, I promise you this. Saying this as someone who did enjoy Hamilton, that rap in The Little Mermaid made me so fucking angry. That I, was the worst shit I ever heard. I will never... I, I, if he writes anything for that movie, I will never in my life watch it. I'm not even joking. If you guys can see my face, I am not even... like He's so serious. I'm not even fucking joking. If he writes anything, I don't, I don't even care if he fucking just dots eyes. I'm not watching it at all. I wouldn't watch it. I'm not watching it. If he writes a rap, I'll fucking... I'll kill him. I do feel like we let him get away with too much and now he thinks he can do things and he just can't. Yeah, he got lucky with Hamilton. They should never have let him do that, man. And Hamilton's, like, average. It's, like, not even in my top ten Broadway plays. Yeah, like, I think Hamilton's really catchy and it's fun. In that, I think the songs are good. But, like, they can't just let him write anything. They gotta they gotta rein him in. You gotta keep him on a short leash. He's the guy that they, they paid, though, to do all the um the live-action... Disney. And that's why they're all shit. No, I'm lying. Little Mermaid was really good. He flew too close to the sun. It was alright. Yeah, it was good. God, I'm so fucking mad. Like, we all do. Yeah, like, the Little Mermaid was near flawless. That rap so fucking bad. I hate you so much. (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) Can we get Lynn on here? Can we do what? Get Lynn Manuel Miranda on here? What if we got Lynn on the pod? No. I feel like all yeah. we do on here is roast the shit out of someone and then be like, maybe they'll come on. Hopefully they don't listen first. Hopefully they're I mean no, they, doesn't do any research before they sign them up. No, they won't. Yo, if you're listening to this, I will beat you the fuck <laughs> up, man. If you're we record if you work for Lynn Manuel Miranda, if you are his agent, stop listening right now. Because if he comes on here, we're just going to beat his ass. <laughs> I swear. I am so serious. If Pat, you, I don't care if you write as a joke. But if he comes on, the whole time, I'm just going to be like, shut the fuck up. Every time he says something, I'm just going to say, shut the fuck up. I won't write him. Like, you're going to ask. I'm, uh, there's other Broadway people that I would write first. You, you're going to ask him, what was your inspiration for Hamilton? He's going to say, well, you know, I'm just going to say, shut the fuck up. You fucking I just liar. imagine him being like... No, I'm not. I wouldn't ask him. He would be so pleased with himself. Why would I ask him that? I'm probably... I could look that up. I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what you would ask him. He's such a fucking loser. Like, what What do you ask him? How do you wake up in the morning knowing you're such a fucking dork? I imagine pretty good. He's a lot of money. <laughs> God, I fuck... I can... If you're listening, man, do not <laughs> fucking see me in person. I know exactly what the fuck you look like. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't ever come to Philly. <laughs> it's on site. Don't do it, man. I just don't fucking do it. I don't think he's ever going to come. Like, you make Philly. me wish I wasn't Hispanic. No. Why would he come to Philly? Fucking make me wish I was something else, like Asian or white or something. 
Literally last week, you said he put Puerto Rico on the map. No, I said he took Puerto Rico yes. off the map. Yes, you did. He thought he put Puerto Rico on the map. He didn't put Puerto Rico on the map. Bad Bunny is Puerto Rico. This fucking guy destroyed Puerto Rico. He's the worst thing to happen to Puerto Rico. And Trump threw fucking paper towels at him. And that's not even as bad as this fucking dude. Sorry. I've had a rough day. <laughs> it's rough out here. So I guess to, I guess to end it, Spider-Verse, uh, brilliant movie. I I think it was brilliant. I didn't think any I didn't write my review was just brilliant. I didn't there was there's nothing to say about it. I mean, it's 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 a five-star movie. It's a great story. Good for it all. What was your favorite Spider-Man in the movie? Best Spider-Man of that movie? Yes, there was 1 million Spider-Man in the movie. Which one was your favorite? Probably the Wild West Spider-Man. There's like one <laughs> There were so many. I'd have to like look at a list. That was really funny. T-Rex Spider-Man's my favorite. Of course it is. I did like Spider-Punk. I thought that was cool. Spider-Punk is cool. I, I, I think like if Scarlet Spider's pretty cool. I saw that Andy Samberg played him. I don't know how I feel about that, but the outfit's cool. He, he has- I barely know who Andy Samberg is. Andy Sandberg is Andy Andy Sandberg, right? Or is his name Andy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's like Pat, if if your hair was like curlier, you'd be Andy Sandberg. Get like an Afro wig and look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And just say, nice. (laughs) I've I've never said that. I never will. Then you'll never be Andy Sandberg. I don't want to be Andy Samberg. I'm just saying, if, if you don't know, if you're not sure what he looks like, like Scott, though. I, I guess if I had to choose, I, I, I like, I, I'm pretty sure he was on Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? Yeah. Great show. All right, I'm making sure I got. Yeah, that's all. That's what I know him from. Real quick, if I had to choose my favorite Spider-Man of that movie, you choose one Spider-Man, and that, what, well, and that Spider-Man is gonna come. To your reality and be your your neighborhood Spider Man. Which one? Listen, that's a lot of pressure to give me. I there's a gun to your head. There's a gun to my head right now, and they're like, out of all the Spider Man yes. that you saw in that movie, who was your favorite? I would probably and that one's gonna come and live in your neighborhood and protect you. Okay, probably Spider Punk then. Probably Spider-Punk, he'll teach me that Cockney accent. Okay. Then I'll be Julie, British. Same question. And I'll start saying things like, in it. And then, yeah. He's pretty fucking cool, man. He doesn't care for the rules. He kind of, you know, remind me of me. Like, I don't give a fuck about the rules. I don't... He just fucking quit. He was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I quit, man. Like, this shit's whack. Yeah, I, I guess Spider-Punk. And as an, al- as an alternative, I don't know if I saw it. I want to say I probably did. I'm going to say I did. Animated series Spider Man. I would pick the when they showed like the two D drawn comic book Spider Man. That was like trying to punch him, but he uh he missed him because he's just a two D drawn. I want like pop art dots and like very two dimensional. Okay. And we know Pat wants T Rex, so no point in asking. All right, well. One more quick Spider-Man thing. Spider-Man, the 1960s cartoon, was the first VHS that we owned. My dad's old boss 
gave it to him because he says, I think your son will like this. And I will watch it in Mexico. And all my cousins will come by because, one, they didn't know what the fuck a VHS was. It was like new technology to them. And there was also like, oh, you have a TV too? Like, holy shit. And we would sit there and watch the 1960 Spider-Man. And then that was probably like, I mean, I was obviously really early 90s. But then the animated series came out a little after that. And the animated series was probably the greatest show I saw as a kid. X-Men was good. X-Men was a lot of fun. But that animated Spider-Man show, hands down, as a kid, one of my favorite shows. And yeah, that's all. That's my last Spider-Man tidbit. I don't know if tidbit's the right word to use, but I used it. That may be like the most Mexican story you've ever told. Is it really? Oh, cool. So yeah, if my cousin, my cousin Chicken, <laughs> he used to come over. <laughs> he used to come over all the time and watch it. And um... <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, my cousin Chicken. And um, his dad is Big Chicken. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. So it's Big Chicken, Little Chicken, but... That's, that's how cousins work. Yeah, I guess if we have nothing else to say, that is pretty much it. I hope you guys are listening. Still, if you are, thanks. If not, I don't know what to tell you because you're not listening. <laughs>